There's a difference in hoping in something and hoping for something. You can hope for a certain outcome, but if you place your hope in that outcome for your worth, it will never give you what you're looking for. Welcome to the All of Life show, folks. I am one of your hosts, Stuart White, along with my wife, Alicia White. And today's episode is all about hope. Yeah. But first, how was your day, babe? My day was probably very similar to yours. Had the day off from work, stayed home, did some things around the house. We painted some walls. Yep. We officially have a decision to our option one, two, or three dilemma, Mm -hmm. of which you guys will be hearing about in a future episode because we've made a decision and we will share it, but we're not ready to share it yet. Yeah. Plus, it keeps you listening, right? You're going (laughs) to tune in again. What are they going to do? And then we'll just keep kicking the can. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, goodness me. Um, So today, uh, we were reading in New Morning Mercies, and uh, the January 20th, devotional in new morning mercies really like it spoke to us for where we're at in our lives at this moment um if you haven't read that i we've mentioned it already on the show but it is a fantastic devotional and i'm not even one to like pitch devotionals like i'm still more like read your bible yes uh but this is it's great because it's very christ-centered gospel-centered you know and getting you to the heart of the message right like It's so fantastic. So, Yeah, and we'll definitely link it in the show notes so that you guys can pick it up. Yeah. So this uh, today's, we just thought would be a great springboard into some conversational topics and kind of going through a little bit of something that Alicia and I both do with uh, a community group we're involved in and um, a um, uh, redemptive type of discipleship group that Alicia is involved in. Um, So... We're going to go through some of the points, and then I'm going to do my best to ask some good questions, maybe some bad ones too. We'll just see. And if it stinks, you can just say, pass. (laughs) Okay. Or I'll just glare at you really, really hard. Yeah. And right now, what you guys can't see is in our little podcast studio setup, aka our office at our house, (laughs) there is a lamp that just randomly keeps turning brighter, darker, brighter darker it's kind of it's cool it keeps keeps you guessing you know? maybe it's god speaking to us yeah, maybe it's morse code maybe if if you ask a really bad question it'll just get dim and if you ask yeah. a really good one it'll get light yeah what is that in the uh the old testament the urim and the thuman thing the lights uh lights and darknesses or something like I that have they no think idea. they you think would. that they were used to like ask god questions or something but they don't really know anyway moving on moving on so a few things about hope uh, we are constantly putting our hope in something. There is not a person alive, myself, yourself, people listening to this, who does not put their hope in something. Even if they feel hopeless, often their hopelessness is still coming from a disappointment of where they have put their hope. And as we dive into this topic, we just want that to be something aware, like that you're aware of. It's a level playing field. We're going into this that all of us hope, and there is a reason for that, and it is that God has put it within us. He's wired us, hardwired us for hope. 
Uh, and as uh, it says in this uh, New Morning Mercies uh, section here, it uh, says we don't live by instinct. We're all, we all find our identity, meaning, purpose, and inner sense of well-being in something. That is such a like we could we could hang out on that one fact right there all for this whole episode I think but we're we're not going to but the fact that what we put our hope in is also going to be something that we get our identity and our meaning our purpose um so babe yes what do you think is something for you that in the past or present has been something that you have found either identity meaning or purpose in that maybe was apart from Jesus. Yeah. Well, I've talked about this a little bit already on the show. I can tell you where I started realizing that I was placing my identity in something other than Jesus. Um, and then I could, I can tell you kind of like the progression of my life a little bit since then and how I've kind of, um, realized where I was doing it in one area and then changed that, submitted that to the Lord and then started doing it in another area. So for me, it really started when I started realizing it, I was doing it through work. I was building a business. I, um, was getting, I was feeling very accomplished and successful. And I, I kind of had this idea that the bigger I could build the business and the more, um, I don't even want to say respect or attention, but because it wasn't so much about what anyone else thought of me, it for me was, I had this, uh, um, unspoken goal in my mind of if I could build the business to look like this, then that means I'm successful. That means I'm worthy. Um, so then I started realizing that I was that I was doing that. And I was like, Oh gosh, like that's, this is not going to fulfill me. This is not going to do anything for me. And then, um, I've had times since then of, uh, this is kind of personal, but just putting my, um, (laughs) putting my hope in just like attention from other guys that aren't you, you know, as I'm like, losing baby weight or as I have in the past Mm -hmm. and, and just feeling like when other guys would notice me like at the gym or at a bar or wherever. And, and I would appreciate little flirty glances here and there because I felt like, Oh wow. Well, if they're interested, then that must mean that I'm worth something, Mm -hmm. you know, thankfully I recognized that as well and gave that to the Lord and, Um, and then (laughs) I think recently, um, it has kind of manifested in other ways, such as like, since I've been home more and we've done foster care, some of it has been like, um, my ability to parent the kids and achieve a certain result or even, um, just looking for hope in when I'm struggling with something um, searching for hope and like in validation from friends, just like, like talking to them about things and then having them work through it with me instead of taking it to the Lord. Yeah. Almost like sometimes getting people to be as upset as you or, or getting on board with you like, Oh yeah, that is terrible. And, and it almost can validate your feelings or, or make you feel like, 
okay, I'm not crazy, this situation yeah. or whatever it is. It's you basically know. praying to my friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is yeah. what it's doing. <laughs> yeah. We see, I mean, we see that on in social media. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to find out where people are putting their hope, just go look. You, I mean, I don't even think you could make it five minutes skimming Twitter or Facebook or anything and not see people either crying out for help, mm-hmm. both sometimes not even aware that's what they're doing, um, or posting about, you know, their thing that they're putting their hope in, you know, where their identity is. I think what we start getting hung up on right now in our culture is that, okay, so if you want to take out hope and look at it from a more secular perspective, we could say cope. Um, What are you coping with? Mm -hmm. You know, so there are... Conveniently, it rhymes, right? Yes. (laughs) There are um, negative cope coping mechanisms such as like you're running to alcohol or you're running mm-hmm. to drugs or you're um you're binging television all day and never going to work because you can't leave your house and so you're and and everything has a root right so you're coping with yeah. these things but the the <laughs> the part where Satan has really figured out how to hook people is the coping in the good things. So, um, running to exercise, uh, to, um, become something because it's going to give you something or, um, running to adventure, which is really big right now. You know, I mm-hmm. can't deal with the, um, everyday stresses of my life. So every weekend I'm going to get out and explore, the world. It sounds really good, but you are still avoiding yeah. what the root of yeah. the issue is. Yeah. Um, things as simple as coping with being a good person and being able to control everything in your life and, um, and just making sure that you are doing all of the good things and being a good mom, being a good dad, you know, and good um, relative to someone you can compare yourself to. Totally. Um, all of those things, while they may, they may be quote unquote good for you and in and of themselves are not bad things at all. You are still avoiding the issue of the heart and looking to that thing to give you something. I think there was something in the book that you, um, that we had read about, um, everything has an expectation. Mm-hmm. What, what was that part? Um, that is point number three. It, uh, hope always includes an expectation and an object. And he says, I'm always hoping for something and hoping that someone or something can deliver it or will deliver it. Um, and that, I mean, yeah, absolutely. We we're always putting it into something and then we're expecting that that object will deliver, whether that object is a person or a thing or whatever. Um, but I wanted to hit the second point, you know, you, you listed all these things and I think a great way to dig into some of them further uh, he says, what you place your hope in will set the direction of your life. Uh, that one to me, like in, in all of these, they're all awesome. That one, like, boom. Oh, where, if you want to know where your hope is, you, I, I could sit here and ask you, but you may not be able to see it. Even if someone else is around, you may not even be able to listen to what they would say. But if I asked you, what is the direction of your life? Either where are you trying to go or where do you see it going? Right now, that would be a very good indicator of where your hope is being placed. 
do you see with your the things you described, you can pick one uh, or all of them, where would you say that you saw the direction of your life going now in retrospect when those things were what you were putting your hope in? I would say with the work thing, the direction I saw my life going is um, I will always be a working mom because I want to show my kids what it looks like to follow your dreams because that's a very good thing, honorable thing. Mm -hmm. It sounds good. Uh, Yep. (laughs) I want to show them what it looks like to be a hard worker, have good, like instill good work ethic in them. So I would have seen my life going, um, continuing to build my business, earn more money, um, which it was never really about the money for me, but that was a perk. But yeah, it would have just been to continue to build this business up, but it would be just like um, chasing the carrot that I was never going to mm-hmm never going to catch because it's always 10 feet in front of my face and I'm just running after it. Um, so that's where I would have seen my life. And, um, I mean, I definitely would not have seen my life as, um, what it is now, which is like beginning homeschooling some of our kids and being a stay at home mom and cleaning all the time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) When, um, so now to jump to the one you brought up earlier, what do you think was that object or, well, you kind of mentioned what that object was, but what was it ultimately promising to give you? Um, how, like in what way do you think that you would say putting your hope in that object was going to deliver you from whatever that personal hell or personal fear, your fear of what your ultimate hell would be. I think my fear would be in that. I think back then my fear was just, um, I don't want to say being unworthy because I don't think that that covers most specifically what the problem was, but I honestly think a lot of it just, it goes back to validation. Um, I needed to prove to others, but, and also myself that I, um, that I was worth something. So, Mm. and I know in my head that the only way that I can get that is to know who I am in Christ, that I'm a daughter of the King and that I am worth something because he loved me and he sacrificed his only son to die on the cross and rise again so that I could be saved because he loved me individually that much. And that should be enough for me. But as we said in a previous episode, we forget that identity. We lose it, mm-hmm. not, not lose it, but forget it. Um, so it doesn't go away, but we forget it. And we point that into other things, which um, like, like the book said, we were built to place our hope in something. Yeah. Yeah. It's there. You can't uh, help, but do it. So you're going to do it no matter what. Um let me ask you a couple quick questions. I want to play a little game. I want to throw, um, I want to throw a word out there, and then I want you to tell me what you think could be an expectation, um, and then a, and a hope in it. If everything has an expectation and a hope, then okay. So, if I say um, exercise, what do you think would be an expectation and a hope? Um, I think it 
can be like are we going with what my uh hope is in that or what could be a hope in what that? could what could be you oh, can make it personal yeah, if you yeah. want uh so i'll try and do a little bit of both then i would say uh exercise would be the promise of better health feeling better uh potentially avoiding certain conditions not necessarily bad things to hope in um but much to like what you were saying as you began to notice like hey i'm getting looks like i'm trying to get approval like when it becomes this uh, approval chasing and uh, praise seeking type of motivation uh, i think that that can be uh, your you know thing that you're hoping is going to deliver you okay i have two more okay um drugs drugs what's the expectation i think it's going to depend on the drug perhaps in some ways um, but in general, uh, if we're talking like drugs leading to addiction, uh, I think that you're looking for peace and you're hoping that that peace will bring you rest, which is kind of synonymous, but uh, there's, there's a distinction there. I think that's important. Like when I finally have peace, like at night when I'm trying to sleep, it's much harder to sleep if there's loud music, but if I can get the noise to silence, then I can rest in the same way. If we're speaking on a soul basis level, like when you have all of this stuff inside of you that won't shut up, be it fear or even PTSD or or some, something within you that a lot of times that's why people begin to turn to these self medicating things. It's promising to deliver that rest and really, it ends up betraying you. But yeah, that would okay. be my last one. Okay, religion. Oh, <laughs> religion. Um, what's the expectation? What's the hope? I guess it's going to depend. But I think you can hide even in what we would say Christianity. You can hide in good religion. You know, you can know all the truth, all the facts, but you can Do misuse it. This way. it. Do say say it this way. If I blank, then blank. Mm, yeah. Well, uh, you know. So this would be it. The distinction that we make between Christianity and other religions is, is assuming you are uh, practicing Christianity in biblical Christianity type of terms, like where my righteousness is not obtained by me; it is attained by Christ and given by grace to me. So all other religions are some form of you obtaining your own righteousness, justification, salvation from something, you know, it may, it may be, um, and, and like the form is going to be very different. You know, some have you obtain this sort of, um, Nirvana type of thing. Like I will reach ultimate enlightenment. And when I do, that's my heaven. So all of them, though, the thing that they have in common is a self-righteous climbing your own ladder to heaven. You know, your own deliverance is something you achieve. Um, and even Christian cults, you know, they typically it's going to be something like you do enough mm-hmm. good. But there are churches in what would be biblical Christianity where they deviate from what the gospel preaches of it is nothing of myself. Like I am saved by grace through faith that not of 
myself, it is the gift of God. Like we quote that, we have Bible verses each night when we put the, the kids to bed, the girls, and that is one of them. And right now they don't, they're not getting it, but it's like, I want that, that truth to be there and be stirring in them. And then suddenly it's going to be like, oh, God, when he's ready, he turns that light switch on. And it's like, oh, I'm not actually having to do anything to save myself. I'm resting in the promise of the one who is doing all the work to deliver me. Um, and, and I know that I'm kind of seg, segueing into a, a total rabbit trail here, but with our oldest daughter, um, the last few nights, um, she right now is having, I think, some stirring in her heart and her mind. She's beginning to ask questions, but both of us, I mean, we would say what she thinks Christianity is, is being good, following the rules, right? Mm-hmm. And that isn't even, we like, we try to explain and teach her and we correct her and guide her in that and, um, and train her, but... It is something within our broken human nature, our broken sin, that we're always thinking. We, we default toward religion. We, we default toward self-righteous behavior. And slowly but surely, she's becoming aware that, oh, okay, so that doesn't work. And so each night as I've been putting them to bed, they've been asking for a Bible story or something. And so I'll tell them something. And lately we've been going through... I've been working my way through Paul's life in the book of Acts and um, explaining to them, like Paul's salvation was, he was Saul. He hated Christians. He persecuted Christians. He voted to put Christians to death. He was there for the first Christian martyr, Stephen. And so I'm getting our oldest daughter to like sit there and think about this. And then Jesus comes and saves him and when he wasn't even wanting to be saved, like he was being delivered and his hope was being fixed in something else. Like his hope at that point, to get back to our hope topic, his hope was in his religion. You could say this, his expectation was, if I am a good person, Mm -hmm. if I do all of these things, then I will be, I will be saved basically. Mm -hmm. And he truly believed it wasn't even an if in his mind. He was the best of the best. He was a good person. And persecuting the church and Christians, early Christians, that was further proof that he was that good. Mm-hmm. He was standing up for what's right, you know? And um, yeah, so. So religion. it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful picture right there of like Christ coming in and um, and saving Paul because Paul was on the complete opposite track, going in the complete opposite direction, yeah. literally persecuting the ones Christ loved. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Christ came and met Paul where he was at, Saul then, and gave him a new name, gave him a new identity, yeah. said, this is who you are going to be because I have made you this way and I'm making you this way and I am changing you. It was not within Paul's power. It wasn't because one day he woke up and said, oh, I've been putting my hope in myself and I needed to, I need to turn it around and put it into Christ. Christ reached down and he changed Paul's life. Yeah, he um, literally physically blinded him to show him how spiritually blind he had been. Like it was, it, it was sort of ironic, I guess you could say. Like his heart, the blindness in his own heart became so severe that ultimately it became his physical blindness, you know, and Jesus did that to him in that 
road to uh, Damascus. And, you know, he, he then gets prayed and healed and he can see and, you know, becomes a Christian. But yeah, so. So with that being said, um, we want to ask you guys a question. If you could, um, when this episode ends, just spend some time thinking about what it is that you are running to. What are you looking to find your hope in? Um, and then take it a step further and ask yourself why. Yeah. And I mean, so this, it's a great, that's a great, again, moving into the next thing. You always are preaching some sort of gospel to yourself. You are preaching some kind of hope. What is that hope? What is your gospel? And I don't want you to go, oh, well, it is, I mean, if it really is Jesus, awesome. Praise the Lord. But as a Christian, for a long time, both of us, we still find ourselves putting our hope in something else. And it is going to be something that even may be what is generally considered a good thing. Your career path, your marriage, raising good godly children, anything you can think of, serving in your church. I mean, quickly, I almost drove my marriage into the ground working at a church, doing youth group, leading worship multiple days a week. I community group, community group young leader, life, young life leader, elders meetings, elders meetings. And then all of the stuff I did and I had a full-time job outside of that. So I did. Yeah. And it was all good. Like you could look at that and go, what a good servant of Jesus. He is just killing himself and his marriage for the sake of the gospel. And scripture though would say, if you do not provide for your family, and I don't think that just extends to providing food and, and shelter. It means but emotionally, yeah, spiritually. Our, our first, my first duty as a husband, your first duty if you're a husband, and as a wife, it is to to your family. You know, it, what good is it if I'm preaching the gospel to everyone and yet I don't exu- exhibit that before our children, before you, and preach it to my family. And I'm not just saying standing there in front of their face, like preaching, like in the negative uh, term that people use it as don't preach at me, man. No, I'm talking about the way that I'm living. I'm telling, I'm talking about Jesus. I'm telling about Jesus. I'm demonstrating Jesus. And the one thing though, that we need to remember as people who are still, our identity is no longer sinner. It is saint, but we still sin we need to remember the one thing that we cannot be like Jesus and Jesus never sinned. We still sin. Where we differ then is we need to be in constant practice, confession and repentance of sin. And so again, you are preaching a gospel to yourself. In any moment, it can change. Constant reorienting of your heart and mind toward what is the gospel in this moment. When you find yourself getting furious, when you find yourself being broken, when you find yourself being so sad, when you, not just sad from something, but literally devastated, what is the gospel we're preaching to ourselves in that moment? Something has disappointed us. And ultimately that hope that we need to have, it isn't going to be in a thing. Uh, It's not going to be in some other 
person on this earth. It isn't going to be in a career or a car or uh, your future job or, or any of these or things. Or that one glass of wine that you get when you put the kids down for bed. Yeah. It, it Hope is in a person. And this is what he says, uh, Paul Tripp says in the section that we're in. Hope is in a person and his name is Jesus Christ. So we're here right now to declare that to you. Jesus Christ is your hope. He is our hope. And right now we both like our hearts, we're going through some stuff right now that is emotional. It is difficult. And both of us are talking constantly through this process and having to go, where is our hope? Where are we fixing our hope? Because my heart keeps wanting to drift back to taking up some new hope in, I know what I'll do to fix this. I can change my direction. I can, I can take the reins myself. I think a good question to ask in those moments is, am I hoping for, or am I hoping in? You can hope that your kids don't grow up to be jerks. That's not a bad thing to hope for. But if you are placing your identity and your, all of your hope in, if my kids grow up to be jerks, that means that I failed as a parent, which means I have no worth. That, yeah. that is not God's intention for you. That's not how he views you. That's not how he wants you to view him to view yourself. Mm-hmm. And in our, our culture, our American culture, performance is critical. Your job, you, you perform and rightly so. But we take that mentality of our driven culture and we transfer that into our faith. And we let it inform our faith rather than our faith inform the way we do our job. And it, it is going to be devastating. So we thank you guys for listening today. It is always a pleasure to have you here with us. If you would like to reach out to us and communicate, you can email us at feedback at com. You can also find us on Instagram at at all of life show. We love getting messages from you guys. We love hearing um, what your, what topics you guys want to hear about on the podcast. It's fun and exciting for us to connect with you guys. So please reach out. Yeah. Reach out to us on all the social medias and uh, remember always guys, we love you so much. We wouldn't be here if we didn't. Yep. God bless. We can't wait to be with you again.